Kia ora. Kia ora. Ooh, that's... Hey, awesome. Man, isn't God good? I mean, to say, every time someone gets healed or every time someone, uh, God impacts someone's lives, the first thing we always do is we like to run out and we testify. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things that God is... I guess the privilege that God has given us is that we can all testify about the goodness that he has done for us. And here's the cool thing about it. It doesn't really matter about what other people think. If you know it, and you know it in your heart, who cares what other people think? I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot of people though, and they'll be listening, and they'll be waiting, and they'll be thinking. Yeah, Because I remember going to a lot of stuff, and I remember sitting in the background thinking, boring, boring, boring. But I tell you what, when there's something happening in my life, and I'm searching for answers, I may look bored, I may look like I'm not interested, but I tell you what, that's all a facade, because what we are listening for is what is the answer, what is the solution, and for Kylie, man, or Kylie, that is awesome, I remember when I um, went out to Kylie's one day, and we were talking about the kids' ministry, and then it was only a, oh, it wasn't too long after that, hey Kylie, when I was out there at your place with Peter, and we were talking about kids' ministry, and I was thinking, you know, and God was saying, you know, this, this lady's called, she's anointed, she's appointed, and I could feel it all around her and offer. And then she calls me a couple of weeks later and says, oh, yeah, I, I can't. And I thought, what? My sales pitch was off. No, cut it out. But I heard it and I thought, oh, no. And then as the news started to filter through, I thought, wow, God has a journey. And that Kylie's going to go on a journey. And that journey will be for Kylie and her family. And whatever they experience in that will be to the glory of God. And to be able to stand up here and to testify is just awesome. But I want to turn our attention too, because I think this lines up with, with Kylie and what happened with Kylie. You know, the cool thing about God is that in all things with God, God can give you one word, and that one word can raise a lot of uh, emotions. It can get you to dream. It can get you to even think differently. And so this morning, uh, Jade, can we check up the first, uh, the word, the first word? Look at that word, chosen. Now I know some of you will sit there and you'll see it and you'll think, chosen, chosen. See, I'm one of those people. I see that word and I'm chosen. Damn. Oh, did I just say that? I think to myself, man, I am chosen. I am chosen. I don't care what people say about me. I'm chosen. I don't care whether you think you're chosen, but I'm chosen. I don't really care whether you think you're chosen either, because I'm chosen. I don't really care what any other, any other person thinks, because I'm chosen. So when I see a word like that, I think, that's me. That's me, Lord. Oh, you stepped down out of heaven, and you looked at me, and you said, that's my boy right there. And I said, that's my daddy, and I'm chosen, and I don't care about anyone else thinks. See, because once you had that mentality, it doesn't really matter what other people think. But here's the thing. Why are we chosen? Everything starts somewhere. So, let's start where God started. Jade, look at this. This is where God started. So in the book of John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God started with the Word. Next one. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything.
that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. What a place to start. So, what's happening here? Chosen. Every single person has the opportunity to be chosen. In this case, it says that God created everything, first and foremost with his words. So that's where he started with. So it should give us a clue. Where should we start? Oh, hang on. Where should we start? Oh, that's half point. Okay. One more time. Where should we start? Yes. We should always start with the word. Why? Because that's where God started. So if God started with the word, that should be a clear indication that anything you're facing right now in this life, in this journey that you're on, you need to begin with the word. If you want your circumstances to change, begin with the word. If you want to improve where you are, begin with the word. If you want answers, begin with the word. If you want solutions to anything, begin with the word. If you want family saved, begin with the word. If you want finances to change in your life, begin with the word. If you're looking for any other beginning, uh, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be solely disappointed. Why? Because I'm sure we've all been there. I'm sure we've all tried to start with our own stuff got halfway down the track, realized it's even going worse, and then these people come along and they say, brother, you just need faith. I, say, I just need what? And they say, you just need faith. You just need to believe. So believe what? And this is where testimony comes in. When people testify, you know, people may sit there and say, oh yeah, well it work for you, but it won't work for me. But I tell you what, begin in the word. The word, the word, the word. The word is where it's always going to begin. And the word is where it's always going to finish. Because even if we go right to the book of the Revelations, right at the end, it always talks about what's going to happen at the end, and the word is still present at the end. So the word is present at the beginning, the word is present at the end. Okay? But here's the thing about being chosen. How many, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, how many of us when we uh, were growing up and we had to go to school, and the days that some of you did go to school, they had these team events. And so they'd pick a captain, and they'll pick another captain. And then the two captains would stand there and they'd say, okay, we're going to choose. And so you're all sitting there, yes, yes. And then they say, ah, that person, and that person, and that person. After a while, you're starting to learn that there's this rank and there's this order and choosing, choosing. Yeah, how many people stood there thinking, please don't be last, please don't be last, and then they finally get to the last person there. Okay, there's no one left. Oh, okay, you're on my team. How does that feel? Does it feel like you're empowered to win? Does it feel like you've just been valued? Does it feel like, man, the team's going to succeed because I'm on it? Or is that one of those moments where you just shrivel up and say, oh, I don't want to be here. Why did I come today? But this is what happens. When we walk around in life and we have to be chosen, there's a lot of disappointment in that. Because people look for certain things. They look for the people who can ultimately make them win. And so if you're not, or you don't have any of those qualities that will make you win for that team or that person, then you're pretty much out and they will leave you to the last. And, and even the teams do this. They all sit there and they think, please don't, please. And then you see this. Kids are really bad at this. 
right through the back, they go like this here. So they start counting. Oh, no. We're going to get that person. I see it all the time when I'm at schools. They always do this. The kids will quickly count how many people are supposed to be in the team, and then they quickly count how many people are lined up, and then they're like, oh, no, we're going to get them. You know, what's up with that? So, when, you know, for some people, they'll look at that word, and I think, bad experience. Because every time it got to the point of being chosen, I was always the last person. But here's the thing. Can we go to the next slide, Jade? Because we need to lay something out here. You didn't choose me. Now, these are the words of Jesus. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Wow, look at that. You didn't have to wait in line. You didn't have to be first, second, third, or last. Jesus makes a statement, and he said, You didn't choose me. I chose you. Isn't that awesome? Why is it awesome? He didn't choose you on your good looks. I know that's disappointing to some people here. He didn't choose you on your academic or academia, all of your brilliance. He didn't choose you because of that. He didn't even choose you because of your sporting prowess or any other feature that you hold in high esteem so that you can walk in front of people and say, look at me, I'm this. Because when people do that, all they're saying is that actually, this is my value. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus says, you didn't choose me. So take that. It's got nothing to do with how good you are, how bad you are, whether you look good, whether you look bad, whether you're clever, whether you're not well, clever. He chose you because he wanted you on his team. How does this line up with this whole thing What I started with? In the beginning was the word. If you have to start somewhere, even if it's today, start with this. You're chosen. God chose you. Even if you're here today and you're saying, but I haven't. Actually, I got dragged along. Actually, I sort of fell in here. Actually, what am I doing here? It's because God has chosen you. It's not because you've turned up here to think, okay, I'm going to sit in the background, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to choose whether I want God or not. God is saying, if you're here, he's chosen you. Now, here's the thing. All coaches will know this, or teachers will know this. People who work with other people, they know this. When someone is chosen and you come onto a team, here's the thing. When a person gets chosen and they enter into a team or into anything, they don't come in and dictate the terms of that team. Now, I know some people think that they can. And I know some people think that they are probably better at it. But you know what? It's like uh, any of our top teams that we got running now. So what's that guy's name? Hanson, in charge of the All Blacks. So he chooses. Him and his two uh, assistant coaches, they choose their team. And these guys, they ring them up and they say, you are an All Black. And everyone goes, ha! The family run around, Whoa! and all this sort of stuff that carries on. However, when that guy turns up into the All Black camp, he doesn't come here and says, right, now that, I'm, now that I'm chosen, this is what I want to do. So I know that I normally play in the forwards, but I'm going to make a great winger. Now I know that I'm, my kicking isn't that great, but I'll take the goal kicks. No, he comes in and he submits. And when he submits, he submits 
unto whatever the culture of that place is. If he doesn't, how long do you think he's going to last? Not that long, is he? He'll walk straight in and say, I know you picked me as the number eight, but actually I'm better at fullback. And you know what they're going to turn around and say? Good on you. See you later. And yet we come into this kingdom mentality where God chooses us. And then we think we can tell God our terms. For example, oh, it went quiet just then. <laughs> but for example, we can come into God and we can say, you know what, you know what, Lord, oh, I love you. Oh, look, you've told me that prayer is good, so I'm going to get up and pray. But actually, oh, I can't do it today because I'm going to go and do something else. And so what we do is we start to pick and choose what God has called us to. Imagine that in a relationship, all of those who are married, all of those who are going to be married, and all of those who are still coming up. Mark my words, if you get married and you decide that actually I want to do my own thing in this marriage, see how long that lasts. See how many great discussions you're going to enter into over in a short period of time. I tell you, that's why we call it the baptism of fire. Because you get in there and you say, oh, babe, I'm just going to cruise out. So where are you cruising to? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to cruise. So no, you ain't. You can't talk to me like that. Oh, yes, I can. We're married. And then you think, what? And so you hop in the car. Next thing you know, you've got all your kids lined up next to you. So, whoa, I didn't say the kids were coming with me. But this thing, you don't get to choose. It's a partnership. It's a relationship. You work at it. And if you choose not to work at it, then that's your problem. Because God is saying, hey, I chose you. So don't come to me and dictate terms like, what, you chose me? Because people that do choose tend to dictate terms. How do I know that? Because I've worked with a lot of people. I grew up in a family. And we had this hierarchical thing happen in my family where my oldest brother, he's a big dog. And so whatever he said, woof, woof. Now, nah, I'm not talking the, that other dog thingy. But whatever he said, everyone else had to listen to. But what happened? He thought he was chosen. I'm the chosen one. Everyone else needs to listen to him. But I grew up in a family where my other brothers, yeah, they weren't too keen on that. And so they used to squabble and fight and get into some fisty cuffs over stuff. And ultimately, what did it come down to? It came down to that, uh, actually, my older brother, he didn't have the right to set our culture in our family, but he thought he did. And so what happened was everything that he wanted to do, that's what the whole family had to do. What the rest of us here wanted to do, uh -uh. everything had to go through him. I love my brother, and he's awesome today. Loves telling people about Jesus and that, but back in the day, that was not him. But here's the lesson that he learned as well. One day he discovered that God chose him. And that day that God chose him and he discovered that was the day that he turned around and he said, actually, all of this stuff I'm doing, I need to let it go because God's chosen me. So, okay, if God's chosen me, I'm now in a team. Now I need to find out what is this team? What rules do they play by? What's, what's everything set up for? 
how do I operate in it so that I can be part of it? And so he went on this journey, just like all of us are on this journey. But the biggest thing is, God chose you because he wants you. He didn't choose you just because you were second rate or because no one else chose you. He chose you first. How do we know? Because it says he chose you before the foundations of the world were laid. In other words, you were first. First on his mind. You were not last. Jay, can you check out the next one? Here's the thing. He not only chose you, these are words of Jesus, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So there's something that you've been chosen to do. God chose you. Now he's saying, look, I love you. I'll care for you. I'll look after you. I'll watch out for you. You have my full backing. And this is what I want you to do. Go and produce. Produce, produce, produce. Go and produce lasting fruit. So what is producing lasting fruit? Ooh, that's a tough one. What is producing lasting fruit? Well, here's the thing about producing lasting fruit. It says, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. So what's the treasure we're supposed to store up? See, because the treasure that people of the world believe needs to be stored up has to do with they hoard and they hoard stuff. So how do I know this? Man, I went to, um, I've been to a few houses. And when you go to a few houses, you get to see what sort of treasure people love. And it's okay when you open up and you think, man, that's good stuff. And oh, wow, I can see that. But it's when they start to show you the back rooms. And then you start there, oh my goodness, why are you still, when was this ever created? You know, because it goes right back into stuff that people think is really treasure. But ultimately, if you look at the stuff that they've held for many years, it's becoming rusty. What God is talking about when we're supposed to produce is he's saying, go forth and produce good fruit that will last. What's that? I'll tell you what that is. That's relationship. Why? Because relationships last. Generation to generation to generation. Love, love lasts. Joy, joy lasts. People say, oh, but there's sorrow. Joy will last. Do you know how I know this? This is my father at the age of 74. I phoned him up and said, happy birthday, Dad. And he says, oh, gee, it's good to hear you from your son. So we have a little bit of a conversation. Then my dad turns around and he says, you know, there's no, I, can't, I can't give you anything. I can't leave you anything. And I said, I don't need anything, Dad. Just, I just love you. For you, you're my only dad. I love you. And he turns around and he says, I love you too, son. I can't leave you an inheritance, but I can give you one thing and one thing only. And I said, what's that? And he said, create good memories. Right through your life, create good memories. Because when you get to my age, all you have is memories. Those are the things that matter. Wealth. You know, like he's uh, debt-free. He's got money. He's got all these things. But what he doesn't have is he doesn't have my mum anymore because they split when the times were rough and they were not in God, not that my dad is in God, but 
What happened was the times got rough, they split, and now my dad's at, at a phase in his life where he's looking back and he's contemplating and he's saying, actually, what was the treasure? And the treasure is memories. Create good memories. Always be thinking about creating good memories, not only with your family, but with people that you journey with, but also create good memories with God. I say, why? How, how do you do that? Well, that's pretty easy. You know, God asks us to journey with him. That's why he said he chose you. Why did he choose you? So you can journey with him. The day that we keep saying, oh, I'm not going to, oh, I don't really feel like journeying with God today, I'm going to go and do this. Oh, I don't really feel like journeying with God, I'm going to go and do that. See, we may not think that or say that, but actually that's what we do. The trick is, is how do we pull ourselves back if we recognize that? Because God is saying, we need to go and produce. We need to go and produce. We need to go and produce. In other words, don't isolate. Always keep in fellowship. Always keep in fellowship with his word, because all things begin with the word. Keep in fellowship with his Holy Spirit that he sent us. Keep in fellowship with one another. If we can do that, we fulfill the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God and love people as yourself. Next slide, Jade. It says here, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So remember, that's Jesus talking. So you're supposed to produce fruit. Why? So that whatever you ask for, Father will give you. So what's the everlasting fruit? Is the everlasting fruit, oh, I want more money, Lord. Oh, I want this, Lord. Oh, I want a fresh car, Lord. Oh, I want a house, Lord. That's not what he's talking about. What is he talking about? He's talking about when you ask in his name, God will give you. Kylie asked. And then she went around and started asking for everyone else. That's what God is wanting us to do. You know, it's one thing to get your own. It's another thing to go out and ask for other people. You know, the biggest thing is, and look, this is no put down if, if anyone's in here, but when I worked at the hospital, one of, my, one of the roles that I used to hate having to do was taking a patient into WINS to sort their benefit out for them. And, you know, this is no criticism of anyone who works in WINS. This is no criticism of a person who may be receiving WINS or benefit. But what I didn't like about it was when you got in there, the spiritual atmosphere was, was quite heavy and you would go in there as a person and then it will feel like, actually, I'm a second-rate citizen. Now, this is no, I'm not trying to get out people. I'm just saying, see, the biggest thing why God says, I, you didn't choose me, I chose you, is because we have an advocate, uh, we have a adversary is out there, and he's out there trying to get our, our identity. And he's trying to tell us that, you know, you're not chosen. Yeah, I don't even know why you ask. God isn't listening to you. Look at you. Look at you. I'll tell you why you're not getting answers. Because you're sinning. That's why you're not getting answers. Because you're a sinner. That's what, that's what the devil tries to tell us. But that is not the truth. The truth is God chose us. And if God chose us, that means to say that you and I, we can ask and it will be done. 
See, don't fall in for the lies and the tricks. Don't fall into that thing where you feel like, oh, everyone else gets blessed, I don't. So I went through the same thing as Kylie. Obviously not cancer, but I had my own battle with um, sickness and disease, and I went to a specialist, and they said to me that that was it. I was one of seven cases in the world that they could find. And I thought, woohoo! No, no, I never. I thought, really? Are you serious? Why me? And as I started to head into the pitta party, I suddenly started to think, hang on, what am I doing? Either I'm chosen or I'm not. And if I'm chosen, then I have a purpose. If I have a purpose, then I've got a destiny. If I've got a destiny, there ain't no blinking devil in hell that's going to stop God from fulfilling the destiny in my life. It wasn't until I started to change that thinking that I started to realize, actually, I can do a lot. Now, I didn't mean to say that every day I'd wake up and think, man, I'm a conqueror. Absolutely not. But I tell you what, when you get that word around you, and you wake up and the devil says, you're not a conqueror. You pull the word back out and you say, yes, I am. When he says, you're not healed, you pull it out and say, by his stripes I'm healed. When he says, look at you, you're going to be nothing. You're going to amount to nothing. Then you pull the word back out and you just keep the word going. Because if it began in the word, then you will see results. Never ever think that you're not going to see a result. The biggest thing is how long will you contend for it? That's the thing. You know, and I heard all these people saying, you know, you give up just as your breakthrough is there. I never even thought about giving up. I thought it's a one-time deal. Either I get it or I don't. But I am not going to bow down and let things just say to me, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You just carry on. Is it hard? Absolutely. Will you get through? Yes. How? Join good people. Join people who believe. That's how you get through. You know, people who can turn around and say, you know what, you're chosen. You are chosen. You didn't choose your own. God chose you. That's why you will get through. And why did God choose us, Jade? Here's the reason why God chose us. For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now, does that sound like you're going to die? Does that sound like give up? Does that sound like that's it, it's all done and dusted, it's over, whatever you're facing, you'll never get through? Or does it sound like, for we are God's masterpiece. A masterpiece is highly valued. It's something that you place at the top. It's something that you look at and you say, man, that is my number one thing. Look, God, God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. When? Beforehand. That means you were chosen beforehand. It wasn't after you were born. Just because you woke up one day and thought, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. That doesn't mean that that was the day God accepted you. God accepted you right at the beginning. And he prepared beforehand good works for you to do so that one day you'll walk in them. So it doesn't matter what you're facing today. I'm here to tell you, the word of God declares to you and to I your best days are yet to come. It declares to you and I that we're supposed to walk in things that we may not have seen yet. So if you're facing debt, if you're facing um, loss, if you're facing grief, if you're facing sickness, disease, it doesn't matter what you are facing. The Word of God declares that 
You are his masterpiece, prepared beforehand. Prepared beforehand. So today I want to tell you, time to lift those eyes back up. Get back up. If you say, I don't know how to get up, get the word of God. Search it out. One scripture is enough to lift you. One. See, God's word is so powerful that he created all things with it. And in it and through it. So if he created it and used the word right back then, what's he going to use today? He's going to use his word. As we head into Christmas, we can all think, oh, if we can only just get past this week. We only get past next week. Then we can relax and have a big party and shindig. I'm telling you, don't fall for that. Because many, many people do fall for that where they think, right, I'm at the end, now I can collapse. God hasn't called us to collapse. He's called us to power on, move forward, get ready. We should already be prepping right now for next year. Now, what word is God giving you? You know, I used to go around and I used to think, man, I need a word, I need a word, I need a word. Here's the word that God finally gave me. Shut up. Oh man, that's not a godly word. But God turned around one day and I was praying, I need a word, Lord, for this year. I need a word for the following year. And then God just turned around and said, shut up. Shut up. I haven't changed. You're still chosen. I've still prepared works for you. You can still move. You can still do. You can still be all of these things. But here's one thing I do want you to do. Testify. Oh, but Lord, I I need a plan. Yeah, here's the plan. Testify. Okay, I probably need to know where to testify. Testify. That's still not very clear. And then one day I had to slowly open my eyes and think, okay, he's saying just talk about him to everyone that I meet. How simple is that? Can we all do that? Can we all get in the Word and start to look through the Word? Because you know what? If you're all right and you've got nothing wrong with you and you're living a happy life and all of these things are going really well for you. It's time to ask the Father for those who are around you. Find people. God will bring them to you. Find them. Ask them. Can I pray for you? What would you like to be prayed for? And then here's the thing. When you pray, don't make it up. I know it's easy to stand there and think, oh, when someone says, yes, I want, to, I want you to pray for you. And you think, Oh, dear Jesus, oh, dear Lord, pour your grace out upon them. I don't need that. What they need is they need the Word of God that's going to declare that they were chosen from the beginning. They need the Word of God that's going to tell them that they are valuable, that God is working for them. God loves them. He's on their side. He doesn't, they don't need to hear, oh, Lord, if it's your will. Come on, people. Don't worry about that stuff. Get in the Word. When people are sick and you want to pray for them, you walk up and you say, you know, the Word of God says this, by your stripes you are healed. You know, there's a God that loves you. There's a God that has set you free. There's a God right now that chose you before the beginning of the foundations of the world. This God, I know Him. How do I know? Because I was doing this. I was this way. He stepped into my life. He did this for me. He can do that for you. Can I pray for you? Yeah, and that means a lot more. People sit there and they're like, oh, yes, 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 pray for me. So whatever we do, don't let us go to sleep. Don't let us collapse. Start to stand up. 
And as the offering message today was about, we have a region. You know, we have neighborhoods, we have families, we have our region, we have this nation and nations. God's chosen you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has chosen you? Because if you do, it's time to immobilize. It's time to get out there. It's time to tell people. Young people, you need to start telling your friends because you know what they're facing. You know Instagram, you know Facebook, you know Snapchat, you know all these things that are bombarding them. You guys need to tell them that there's a God that loves them and that you you can even introduce them. But today as we wind up, I just want to ask if today the word has touched you in any way and you've sat there and thought, man, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I want to encourage you. Tell someone today. Share your faith because that could be the start of great preachers in this house. You know, you're all called to minister. Tell someone. And if you're standing there and you're saying, wow, I'm sitting around all these people that have probably all prayed a prayer and said, oh, Lord, choose me. I want to encourage you. If that's you today, God is saying he's chosen you. He has good works for you. All you have to do is choose him. See, there's one verse in the Bible that talks and Jesus is talking and he says that I come and I stand at the door and I knock. And he keeps knocking. What's he knocking for? He's waiting for you to open that door. And the moment that you choose to open that door, he says that he will come in with the Father and that they will make their home with you. So this morning I want to encourage anyone here, if that's you for the first time, and you're standing there and you can feel God knocking on your heart, and it's pounding and you're saying, oh, I don't know whether I can do this. There's too many people. I want to encourage you that you are chosen. And I want to encourage you and give you the opportunity that if you want to choose God, we want to pray for you. We want to stand with you. We want to believe with you. Then in a very short time, your life will change. And that God will take whatever your circumstances are now and he'll make you a person that you would have only have dreamed about. So if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to come forward and we'll pray for you. I also want to encourage those of you that are facing circumstances, situations that are outside your control, that reports have come in that have said that the news is bleak. I want to encourage you also to come forward. Let us stand with you. Let us pray with you. Let us share the word of God with you. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly all we believe or ask. It takes courage. And just like Kylie shared this morning, There were days where the devil tried to attack her in her mind and tell her stuff. 
but it's about getting that word back out and it's about using the word. So this morning I want to encourage you, if you need prayer, come forward. If this is your first time you want to give your heart to the Lord, come forward. We'll be up here while the worship team sings.